Welcome to the Beacon broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com, beaconbaptist.com. The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. We entered into a study of the First Thessalonian epistle by the Apostle Paul to the church at Thessalonica, and we haven't gotten very far into the epistle until we come face to face with one of the most challenging doctrines in all the Bible, namely the doctrine of sovereign election, God's sovereign choice of people that he will claim as his own, that he will create in Christ Jesus into living creatures with new life, eternal life, this doctrine of election, that those who come to faith in Christ, genuine saving faith, can trace their salvation not to the moment when they believe. That's a very important time, to be sure. That's a critical time. Nobody goes to heaven without believing, but we can trace it further back than that. In fact, when we understand this doctrine of election, we realize that the beginning of my salvation goes all the way back before the foundation of the world, all the way back into eternity. I started to say into some time in eternity, but of course that's a contradiction. There is no time in eternity. We can't, I, I cannot understand, I cannot fathom, I cannot I cannot get my mind around the concept of eternity where there is no time. But I do know that salvation begins with God in eternity past. It begins with God's choice. It doesn't begin with man's choice. It is that God chose first, and then man comes to choose in the passing of time, at the proper time, when, when God the Holy Spirit works in his life and gives him a heart for Christ, a desire for Christ, a, a desire to choose, an ability to choose that he wouldn't have otherwise. So yes, man does choose. Man makes a decision, but that's not where it began. It begins in the electing counsels of God. And Paul gets into that almost immediately upon writing this epistle to the Thessalonican church. And so, this is Thursday, February 29. This is leap year, isn't it? A leap year. February 29, thank you for joining me on the broadcast today, and thank you for your financial help, which is necessary for us to continue to teach God's Word on the station. So, First Thessalonians opens, like all of Paul's epistles, with a pretty customary standardized salutation and continues on in this particular case with a glowing giving of thanks to God for the evidence of God's grace in the lives of these believers. But before he concludes that statement about his thanks for the evidence of God's working in their lives, he appends to that statement that these are the things that makes him 
confident that they truly are the elect of God. Listen to it as I put it all together. Read it all in one reading, verses 1 through 4. Paul, Savannah, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. Period. That statement of thanksgiving about the evidence of God's grace that he sees in their lives, the faith that produces good works, the love that motivates good deeds, the hope that produces an enduring faith, seeing all of that in their lives is what gives Paul assurance that these are people who have been chosen by God. Knowing, verse 4, beloved brethren, your election by God, or a literal translation could be, knowing, beloved brethren, his choice of you. Now, if you haven't been with me on previous broadcasts, then this may be almost smacking you in the face without without warning, but I have actually taken several prior broadcasts to lead up to this and try to ease you into it, but now we're at the place where there's no more easing. We're right there. Knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. Here's a doctrine that's in the Bible. Here's a doctrine that we have to deal with. Here's a doctrine that we have to accept. Here's a doctrine that we have to believe and have to believe it the way it is presented to us in Scripture. And so, knowing, beloved, God's choice of you. Not knowing, beloved, your choice of God. Knowing, beloved, your decision for the Lord Jesus Christ. You made a decision for Christ, and that's how, that's how I know that you're elect of God. Not knowing, beloved, that God ratified your choice. God knew from eternity past who would, who would believe on him given the opportunity, and because he knew you were one of those who would make that decision, then he said, okay, I choose you. But that's not election, that's ratification. That's often the way election is explained, but it doesn't explain it. It explains it away, but it changes it, it alters it. It makes the choice man's choice that God ratifies, not God's choice, that, in truth, man ratifies. Because the nature, the differences of the natures between God, who is omniscient and knows all things ahead of time, and man who does not, man, man can't know his election ahead of time. And the Bible does not say, believe in your election and you shall be saved. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. But what we come to understand is, those who truly believe on Christ with a repentant faith do so because they are the chosen of God in whom the Holy Spirit has already begun a work, and their coming to Christ is a result of the prior choice of God and the prior working of God the Holy Spirit in their lives to give them faith, to give them a desire to come to Christ, to give them the desire and ability to make a 
positive decision for Christ, if you want to think of it in those terms, and so many people do, although you don't find that kind of language in the Bible. Where do you find anyone in the Bible that's said to have made a decision for Christ? We hear of those who believe. And we've, we saw a couple of broadcasts ago that statement in Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has foreordained, is, is the way the King James Version puts it. God has foreordained that we should walk in them. That's a good statement that gives us some inkling into the way this process works. It's God's grace at work in our lives prior to our placing our faith in Christ. And we do believe in Christ. You see, that that's part of the problem is we tend to view a part as if it were the whole. We tend to view the part that we experience, the part that we understand, as if that's the whole package. We tend to think that I know that I came under conviction. I I remember when that happened. And I know that as a result of that, I prayed and asked Christ to save me. And so I know I made a decision. And therefore, the doctrine of election can't be true because I know I made a decision. I made a choice. Well, all those things that you say are true, but they're not the whole truth. They're only part of the truth. And we're prone to take the part that we understand best and the part that we have experienced and think that's the whole package. And then we impose those ideas into Scripture. And when we come up against a statement like the one we're looking at now in 1 Thessalonians 1.4, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God, knowing, beloved brethren, God's choice of you, When we come up to something like that, we say, well, that can't be because I know that I felt the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. I know that I exercised faith in Christ, that I believed. I know that I prayed a prayer. Yes, of course you did. But did you also consider that you only only did that because of God's prior work in you? That you only could do that because of God's prior work in you? Did you consider the statement that says the natural man, that's every man in the first birth, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, neither can he know them. They are foolishness unto him because they are spiritually discerned. As long as a person's a natural man, he can't produce any of those things. He can't understand the gospel. He can't desire Christ. These things are, as it were, foolishness to him. But if he becomes made alive spiritually, Then these things which are spiritually discerned, an understanding of the gospel, an understanding of my need of Christ, an understanding of my guilt, my sin, we call that conviction, an understanding that I need to to cast myself upon the Lord, I need to cry out to him for salvation. All of those things come about by a prior work of God's Spirit in our heart that constitutes us no longer a natural man, but a spiritual man. It's when we become a spiritual man by the work of God's Spirit within us, that we are able to feel the guilt of our sin, that we are able to recognize that our only hope is in Christ, that we are able to believe the gospel, that we are able to cast ourselves 
upon the Lord for salvation. So we have to get the whole package, the whole picture, not just a part of it. And don't take one part and use that to cancel out the other part. It's a harmonious part. It all works together seamlessly. And Paul said, I know your election because I see evidence of your faith. Nobody can see faith in a person's heart. I can hear you say, I'm a Christian. I can hear you say, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I can hear you say, I was saved at such and such a time in such and such a place. I can hear all these things, but I can't see faith in your heart. Only God can do that. But I can see the evidence of it, if it's real. I can see what the Bible says must always accompany true saving faith, namely good works, a changed heart, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away. All things are become new. Your desires are changed. Your outlook is changed. Your your enjoyments, your pleasures in life are changed. Your, your goals in life are changed. Your purpose in life has changed. All of that has changed as a result of true saving faith. I can't see the faith, but I can see what faith produces. That's what Paul is saying. I see it in you, Thessalonians. I see a faith that produces good works. I see a love that motivates good deeds. I see a hope that produces enduring, persevering faith in your life. Knowing, therefore, beloved brethren, your election by God. All of these things point to the truth that you are indeed among the elect of God. And the evidence of that is the change that God's savoring grace, God's sovereign grace, God's electing grace has made in your life. Please join me again tomorrow as we continue studying this passage. Until then, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.